Welcome to Tag Up with LT. If you've landed here today, it is by no mistake. I take on a different approach to mentoring, and I'm obsessed with the topics of business, life enhancements, health, wellness to help navigate the messy and the magical of this thing called life. My mission is to be your personal curator of connection by serving you with inspiration, education, and having some fun along the way. I'm your host, LT. My podcast guest today is my niece, Isabella. One of my inspirations for even starting this podcast really begins with her. This episode in particular is a bird's eye view from her experiences and her perspective of her first year of college, deciding on a major. We even get into a little bit of politics and voting for the first time in 2020. But what impresses me most about her is her involvement with the Project Pink Tax and Alternative for Girls organizations. And she's also passionate about clean beauty and what it means to her and the environment. I may be a little bit biased, but I think she's incredibly bright. She's very opinionated, just like her aunt. And quite frankly, I'm looking forward to what her future holds. I think she's going to do big things and make a lot of different impacts in the world. And I'm super proud of her and I love her dearly. So this episode I like to call the Gen Z Jam Session. Enjoy. Hi, Isabella. Hi, Laura. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Dude, it's LT, not Laura. Oh, sorry, LT. Oh, my God. My B. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Thank you for coming on my podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. So, Bells, I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about the podcast in general, right, in terms of why I'm doing it and what's going on. But, you know, you are my target audience in terms of a Gen Z and uh, a Gen Y or millennial. I mean, what do people call them? Gen Ys or Gen millennials? I call them millennials. I don't, Gen Y I thought was supposed to be something else, but then they kind of just skipped it and it's Gen Z and millennial and Gen X. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a Gen X. Yeah. You're a Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we know the baseline anyways. Yeah. So my girl Bells just finished her first year of her undergrad. So basically we're going to talk about your college experience kind of prior to college, maybe what your future looks like. And we're just going to get into it and we're going to have fun. So talk to me. How was your first year of COVID college? What were we calling it last weekend? Um, it was funny. Yeah. I don't know. I always like to call everything COVID crockpot because like that's how college felt. <laughs> it was really interesting because I didn't really leave my dorm that much first semester. And okay. um, I eventually left actually like right after October 31st. And they shut down the dorms completely mid-November. And they were like, okay, everyone leave. So it was really interesting. They pretty much kicked everyone out and said that no one could live their second semester, but then ended up reopening it. Mm -hmm. But in between that time, there was a huge scramble to go to apartments and like subletting. So a lot of people ended up moving out of the dorms completely and just staying in an apartment or staying home because it was pretty significantly cheaper. And they literally made college more expensive with COVID, even though they were offering half the amenities, I guess I would say. I would say it's really interesting, but it was kind of odd because I had six months in high school to like really, I guess not six months, but three months in high school to really learn Zoom and like kind of figure out online schooling. 
So, so you were completely 100% virtual your first full year of college. Yes. I, I did have a single class until the second week of October mm-hmm. and then everything got shut down. But that class only met once a week in a small classroom, all separate. And there was only 10 of us. Mm-hmm. But that class ended up getting moved to Zoom. And then the rest of my courses were moved to Zoom. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I think I did pretty okay for being online, but it was definitely a struggle and it could have been it was devastating for some people and like their academic careers. Some people left a lot of leeway for grading and for um how like the class was gonna be participation based, but there were a lot of teachers that did not provide any leeway or any breathing room. And that really just kind of depended on the course. So some of my peers, they really, really struggled. But some peers, they did okay. I wouldn't say anyone flourished under online schooling, but um, it, it ended up being okay. That's way to describe it. Well, because you're missing that interaction that yeah. you have with the professor or the TA or teacher's assistant and, you know, just your other peers collaborating and bouncing ideas off them. So I can imagine that's got to be tough. Yeah, I would say that was probably my struggle, really learning from them and getting to meet them in person. And I didn't get to do that this year. Sure. It was nice to go to office hours and really be able to connect. Like one of my favorites, she was actually um, a GSI, like a graduate student assistant, but she actually lived in Dubai during the entire time. So oh. we got to really talk about the culture in Dubai and how it is for a woman there. So it was, it was really interesting, but it would have been really cool to meet her in person, actually yeah. go to coffee and get to speak with her. So it was, but it was okay. But I definitely wish... I could have spoken to my professors in person. I literally could not imagine. I mean, Bella knows, you know, my first year of college was just <laughs> thriving. Yeah, that was the warning story before I went. <laughs> so it was not to be Laura. So <laughs> guys, to- you know, just to baseline things, you know, I um, I think I was majoring in social aspects my freshman year, which is Be- Bell's is at a totally different level. So, you know, but we got back, girl. We got back. Hey, we made it. We're we made it. I turned myself around, but yeah, I literally could never wrap my head around schooling in general, let alone virtual. So props to you. And plus, I feel like the last of your high school months were just, I mean, it just sucks for yeah, everyone, like right? I mean, you can't even compare apples to apples because it just sucked for everyone. Yeah. But you didn't get to experience the prom and just big life events mm-hmm. that I know I remember when I was in high school and, you know, it just blows yeah it it really did suck but overall now well now and you handled it with like grace and you know you were like cool about it I'm sure you had meltdowns behind the scenes I got a dog (laughs) I got a dog out of it so that was worth it it made up for missing prom graduation I got a dog (laughs) that's true you did get a puppy yeah it, it was it was hard actually watching people this year get the experience I could kind of my like best friend and I were talking about that that we didn't really get prom and we got to see all our friends who are just a year below get to go to prom and have a really nice graduation. But then we really like put it in perspective and it's it's three months out of our lives that were important, but they weren't the most important part of our lives. Like mm-hmm. I don't want high school to be the most important part of my life. That was kind of like an easy way to like divert that into better energy, I guess. Yeah, no, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. Okay, so let's talk about what, do you plan on studying today? I mean, you know, you're, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time wrapping around knowing what the hell you want to do with your life at 18 and 19, right? But you're forced in your undergrad, what are you majoring in? What are you doing? Where are you going? I was like, fuck, I don't know. I'm just looking for my next beer, you know? <laughs> I always knew, for me anyways, like I knew like I had a business mind, you know? I didn't know I, I couldn't be like a teacher or anything like that. I just didn't have the patience for it back then. Maybe different now, but... How did you come up with 
or what what are you getting into today so I've kind of bounced around a lot. I originally wanted to go into medicine, like kind of like my junior year of high school. That's right. But I pretty much swapped and I just kind of decided that wasn't the path for me. Currently, after kind of going through my first semester, I'm looking at going to law school after I graduate from undergrad, probably taking a couple of years in between before I go into that. So now I'm kind of focusing on creating a major that I enjoy that will benefit me, but it doesn't really have to be like biology. It doesn't have to be something specific that I need all these specific courses. Luckily, like the things that I enjoy tend to pair up with law school. So that was kind of a easier thing for me to figure out. Currently, right now, I'm looking into two majors that I need to apply into at my university. Okay. Um, one is the PPE major, which is the philosophy, politics, and economic major, which is probably right now my top choice just because it's really interesting. It's an interdisciplinary major, so it takes aspects from all parts of life. Um, and I really enjoy economics. I think it's a driving force in our society, and it should be. But I think there's a lot of things that can be changed about it. The other... Uh, part is public policy and it's also an awesome school where I go and I would love to get in there as well. So those are two separate areas in two different like bit like schools yes if you will. Yep two separate schools. Public policy is it's actually a completely owned school Mm -hmm. and it's honestly quite similar to PPE okay but it's a little bit more focused on policy obviously and like kind of um, different laws and different programs and different like governments and things of that nature. So what kind of led you to this? I mean you know, your dad obviously is in, in law himself. Do you think that's heavily influenced you? Or I like the aspect of these these three different areas, right, and how it all interchanges because you have some flexibility of what you can, you know, kind of pick and choose to do versus being centered right on, yeah. you know, policy specifically. Yeah. So what kind of led you to that? What, like, what kind of method did you go through at 19 years old to kind of figure out, all right, well, this is kind of the way I'm thinking I want to go for my future? It definitely took me a little bit. My first semester, I took a lot of kind of random classes, things that would benefit me to get my eventual major, but stuff that like wasn't exactly on the right track. Are Um, these like prerequisites? Because I know we always had to have like prerequisites. So you're like a well-rounded undergrad student. So you kind of like pick through, you know, which ones you look interested in, take them. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that was I actually really enjoy psychology. So as of right now, if I do get into the PPE program, I will have a double major in psychology with most likely a specialization in the psychology of economics or politics. Mm-hmm. So it ended up kind of combining, but kind of looking at the different things, I really started taking a lot of Middle East courses and I really enjoyed those. And they were kind of a random addition to my schedule Interesting. at first, but I ended up really enjoying that. And I realized through that there's a lot of things in politics that I'm really interested in and maybe aren't per se like left or right or whatever, like some yeah aspect but they all really intertwine as well and economics so it kind of was pulling from those two things and things that I really would have never learned about if I hadn't taken those Middle East courses so I kind of like dove more into that direction I was like oh maybe I'll go into international policy or Mm. security Mm -hmm. and then I realized okay I don't quite want to do that yet or I'm not entirely sure it's almost like you would have to live there exactly and I'd have to speak I wouldn't have to speak Arabic exactly but I I would if I wanted to do that I definitely would and would spend my time learning that of course um but then I kind of was like there's a lot of me that I'd make a lot of decisions based on morality and morality has a lot of definitions to different people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where philosophy comes in for me. And I didn't really know for sure what that would be until I found this major. And I was like, wow, this really fits everything I want to do and kind of what I'm looking at. And when I actually went on like a, like basically a meeting with someone who runs the department, he was like, this is a major that kind of is working towards how to explain society 
how does society work? Where is it broken? How do we fix things? Mm -hmm. And I know there's so many kids that are like, oh, I want to fix the world. You really have to choose one path. You have to choose something that will help everyone. And that's really difficult to do. And that's why it's such an in-depth major. And there's so many values and beliefs and so many different walks of life. It's like, how do you bring that all together if that's even possible? Yeah, which like in all honesty, it probably isn't fully possible. Sure. But every year we get closer to becoming more diverse and more accepting towards something. And there's always setbacks, but looking at something from almost like a, the best way I can describe is a mechanical way of view. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps push towards something that we can all work towards. Collectively. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Okay. Let's talk about, so, okay. So we have a major, we think we know where we're going, which I mean, you've sold me, which you don't even need <laughs> to sell me on it because you know yourself best. So what are we going to do with that? Like, how are we going to put that into tangible actions of execution? Like, you know, are we working in a cube? Are we working out in the Middle East in a tent, you know, servicing and teaching kits? I mean, what are we doing? What are we going to do with this, do we think? So, like, in complete honesty, I don't know yet what I want to do exactly. I'm not sure if I want to be a practicing lawyer. There's a lot of me that would really like to go into that and kind of work in corporations and kind of be part of their DEI councils and things of that nature and actually like implementing real things that can happen and not just kind of create this like fluffy standard that people follow and bringing in things that we can support other communities. But part of PPE, what I liked thinking about that with is that in the future, I could look into working in education policy with a law degree because personally, I think education is critical and actually is probably the basis for the majority of the problems around the world, but especially in the United States. Sure. So um, that's hopefully what I'll do. I'm not entirely sure yet, but I think that's also a big point is that at my university specifically, you get there and everyone all of a sudden knows exactly what they want to do, where they want to go, what big four they're working for, big law they already know, and you don't need to. And that's yeah. kind of like kind of where I am right now. Yeah. And and some kids do, you know, oh, yeah. they, they know what their path is and, and God bless them, you know, yeah. that they know at such a young age exactly what they're supposed to be doing in what order and so on and so forth, you know, but, um, hopefully it works out. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, won't we? But, you know, I feel like you're kind of a teacher in your own way anyways. You know, you've educated, you've done theater in your high school. And you've done a little bit of education of teaching, you know, some of those people. Weren't you like a yeah, director of something? Yeah, I was the director of operations. Yeah, so you have like some experience of teaching children mm-hmm. or kids or whatever um, in that aspect that you've kind of like built that skill set up to, you know. So it's not like it's your first rodeo in terms of like how that could maybe all work. Yeah, I, I really do like kids and I'm, I really like to work with kids' minds. I think it's really important. I think kids at a young age are critical to changing our world. And I know everyone says that, but it really is true. Like, you learn these values, these morals, and, like, how you will run the rest of your life at a super young age. And that's kind of why, like, speaking about theater, like, I really loved doing it because they got to express themselves but also learn through different stories and acting, like, these real things that can really change their lives as they grow older. And, you know, kids are like sponges anyways. So it's like... You say one wrong thing and they're like, oh, they repeat you. And you're yeah, like, oh. but, but you also need to think about those things that they learned about and then you, you become an adult and sometimes you have to unlearn those things, yeah. which that's the hard part, yeah. right, of everything that's been instilled in you and your beliefs don't align to what you, was learned. So then you have to unlearn them. It's mm-hmm. Adulting's exhausting. Yeah. You just wait. <laughs> you just wait, girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're but, just getting started. <laughs> we're just getting started. But prior to 
starting college, you worked on a really cool project in terms of, I think you were doing something with like feminine products for, for women and kind of bringing awareness to that, to not only, you know, what, what your project was, but also your school. So talk, talk to me a little bit about that, how that came about and what did you learn from it? So kind of to like preempt it, I basically my junior year of high school, I was asked to step up as the president for our women's awareness club. And while that name doesn't really encompass what we do, that was the name that we kind of had to keep, uh, Originally, it was a very, it was a very unique club, but I really enjoyed changing it to something that was more of like a philanthropy-based club. So we did a lot of nonprofit work, especially with the program called Alternatives for Girls. Okay. And then through learning through that club of like my um, predecessor, I really, really enjoyed her. She was a great president. And she taught me a lot about the pink tax. And the pink tax is basically why I started doing... The pink tax? Pink tax. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Technically, it's like not actually like called the pink tax, right. but that's what it's been coined And it's basically a tax that is put on all feminine hygiene products. That is a razor, your deodorant, that's pads and tampons. And it's an unfair tax. It's unjust. It is not on men's products or products geared towards men. Which I don't think I even knew that until you did this project. Seriously. A lot of people don't know it. It, One of my stats, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I believe in 2018, it created a revenue of it like way over $2 million just alone. That's insane. Don't quote us, okay? Yeah, Don't do sorry. the. Sorry, I'm not know. sure like where that was from, but I'm pretty sure it's from the Pink Tax website, which you can go on. Just Google yeah, it, everyone. Like Project Pink Tax <laughs> has a ton of stats and like really great information. That's just fascinating and such bullshit. Oh, it's crap. It's like why? Oh, and like the, the idea is that oh, but for the economy, okay, well, fine. If it's for the economy, then let's tax all of it. Mm-hmm. But like, legitimately, why shouldn't this stuff be free? Right. It's healthcare. Are you going to tell me that you're going to let someone who is menstruating go into an office and free bleed all over the place and say, oh, that's okay? Can you afford a tampon? Can you afford a pad? They're expensive. And so that was part of our project was that we raised awareness. And we also had a feminine hygiene products drive that specifically focused on pads and tampons because that's one of the least donated items to women's shelters because people are nervous when they shouldn't be. So get over yourself. But um, (laughs) it's so annoying when people are like, oh, my God, like, it's fine. So that was part of our project. I did it for my first year as president and my second year as well. We started to do it. However, with COVID, everything got shut down. But we ended up donating a lot of stuff and getting a lot of donations. So, um, And it was supposed to be continued into my freshman year. However, with COVID, we weren't really able to do a lot of things that was involved with donating and like really connecting these places. So we did more online programs, but hopefully next year we'll be able to do it again. So you're still involved in that. I am. I'm through, involved through my sorority. I'm in a pre-law sorority, so it's not like a not like a social sorority. But I'm hoping to do that again through them because they've also worked with the women's or sorry, alternatives for girls in Detroit. Oh, that's which cool. Is a great place to donate if you ever have time. It's an awesome program. Cool, and I love even for Bella's graduation brunch in lieu of gifts. Like this is how epic you are. You're like, please bring feminine products, and you basically. You asked people to bring that, and then you actually took it to, where did you take all of your... Alternatives for Girls. Oh, you did take it down there, uh, which is, like, so cool. You have (laughs) such a kind heart that you would even think of somebody else other than yourself to give... I mean, that's incredible, dude. It was... I mean, it was really awesome, and I had a great family who brought a ton of stuff, and people who I didn't even know. I had people who came from Gross Point just so we, like, heard about them, like, hey, here's a box of tampons. That's Um, so cool. Yeah, I had a couple guys in my class who, who... had, you know, never gotten even near that aisle. And they were like, oh my gosh, why are these so expensive? I go, I don't know. <laughs> They're expensive. And there's a tax on them. I know. So, yeah. 
So it was really interesting. I think it opened a lot of minds for people. It also had a lot of my friends start purchasing men's razors and men's deodorant because why would you support something that is literally against you? Interesting. But, which is difficult because it's sometimes more accessible for other things, obviously, to put that out there. However, it's a little bit, it's like a little bit of just like going against the norm, I guess, just yeah. to like prove a point. But yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely a ridiculous tax. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I love that that passion is now kind of morphing into your current, you know, sorority too, you know, so that's like an easy transition there, which is... It's an awesome sorority. Mary Ruth Organics is my go-to supplement I use every single day. I'm obsessed with this brand. They have so many products to choose from for so many different age groups and they're highly sourced ingredients. They're plant-based, they're vegan, they're non-GMO. And they're just fantastic. I personally use the liquid probiotic to manage my gut health. If you know, you know. And I also use the morning multivitamin raspberry flavor, which is delicious. So I use these two in tandem to really ensure that I'm getting all of my vitamins and minerals for the day. So if you go to my website, tag up with lt.com, click on my quick links, there you'll find my affiliate link to get 15% off your first order. Let me ask you this. Do we feel that mom and dad prepared us for college, like on life skills? Yes. I mean, simple things like time management yes. and I don't know, laundry, cooking, cleaning, everything, taking out the trash. Like we were fully ready for school. Yeah, I can actually attest to this just because... And I didn't think I was, but then compared to my friends, I was called mom. Like that was like what my friends called me. That's hysterical. I cooked, I cleaned, which a lot of times I was like, hey, y'all need to get it together here. But I like overall knew how to do a lot of things. I was more so than your peers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So were you teaching them how to do stuff? Relatively. Yeah. I, was, like, I was the one helping my roommate make doctor's appointments sometimes. What? Not Are like, you kidding not me? Not too crazy, but just like for certain things that are like, oh, you probably have your mom do. But they're not there. Like, yeah. I mean, I probably probably still would have had my mom to do some of them. But it was I was definitely much more prepared, I think, for living in college compared to a lot of my friends just because that's how I was raised. We always had to do chores. We always had to do things like I always went grocery shopping for my parents. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't not normal for me to do those kind of things. So it just kind of just transitioned into now. I will say like it, even though I have worked really hard in school for all my life, I was still not fully prepared for the workload college. Okay, interesting. And considering you did go to a private school that was very, yeah. you know, on the higher end of in terms of education and preparing and doing prep school prior yeah. to yeah. going to school. It was I don't think anyone though was. Like of all my friends, I really? think most people and honestly most people I met, even if they went to a fancy school that were like really expensive and really really high up preparatory schools, like places you would even live, like boarding schools, no one was ready for the amount of work you have in college. Because in really? all honesty, you can't really even prepare for that in high school. You're not even at that like level of education. Do I think some schools could be better? Yes. Yeah, I don't think anyone was fully prepared. Is it the the tasks themselves take a lot of work to get to completion? Or is it more or less how the hell do you figure out to get from A to B? Yeah, that's, I would say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would say it's definitely that. I would say a big part of that you're not used to is that every single teacher, grader, professor, whatever, 
as a very specific standard that you're not used to. So they're all different and they, they have different, different expectations yeah. of what you need to deliver to them. Exactly. But there are ways around that. And if you're a good student, you're probably reading the syllabus. You're probably going to office hours. Like you're taking that extra time if you mm -hmm. have it, which a lot of times people don't. You kind of do that. But um, I will say another big part of that I don't think, even though I'm really good at time management, it doesn't matter. You don't have enough time. One of my, my GSI for my math course, I was in her office hours probably every single day. And she looked at me and she was like, um, sometimes you just don't do the assignment and that's okay. Like you just get a zero for that assignment because you have to do other assignments. I was like, that's like the truth though. Like at least you're being honest. Like yeah. she's, you don't have time. Like, and if you have time, then you're doing something wrong. Cause like you don't have time. You should be putting all this effort into your assignments, but you don't have the time to do it, which kind of like helped change my perspective too. Cause I was really really on myself just like oh why why am I not getting this perfect grade I'm like okay well I don't need to anymore like I need to work hard and get the best grade I can get but like if I don't have the time you don't have the time and I think a lot of people went through that a lot of people went okay I have to change my perspective like I'm not going to get all these like that's physically impossible much unless you are basically killing yourself doing work breathing so and then you have to think about priority yeah. and, you know. Like, where's the internship? Where's the job? Where's the, oh, you need to do extracurriculars. You need to build your resume. Your resume needs to be perfect. And you go through this whole process and you're trying to, like, balance every little thing. Mm -hmm. And eventually you don't give up, but you go, okay, here's my priorities. But it takes a long time to get there. Like, yeah. even I'm still, like, trying to figure out where do I spend my time. But, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. God I, <laughs> God, I don't miss school. Thank God I'm done. Yeah, I definitely hate more in college than any other time in my life probably see it's funny because I loved college more than I loved high school or any other for sure once I got into it and once yeah. I my mental my mental state got in there I was like all right man I like these classes I like these professors all right I'm in the business school you know it took me a while but I had to work I think a lot harder than the average person because I just didn't develop that skill set in high school because I was a jock right so that's all I cared about which she is, played basketball which is terrible. <laughs> But it was the truth of the matter. Yeah. So I had to like kind of teach myself how to do all that. But, you know, you get back on track. I do not miss college and studying at all. So do you think you're going to stay in Michigan after you complete your – so you're, you're going to get your undergrad and then you think you're going to go to grad school or maybe law school? We haven't really decided yet. Probably law school. Probably like law that school. is my probably ultimate goal right now. Okay. I most likely won't stay in Michigan and not because I don't want to but because statistically I probably won't. You've – whatever one of the law schools <laughs> I mean you can say it yeah, UVM law school is like extremely hard to get into and it's a T14 I believe right now what is a T14 the T14 is like the top 14 law schools in the country and okay. those are like Yale Harvard all those okay. places Cornell um, yeah like I don't even no probably well, not Cornell. maybe I'm not sure it, it is kind of random some of them that are like really high up but Michigan's definitely top notch and they also do not take a lot of their own students. Interesting. Um, usually a university that's a tier one research university, they're getting funding from the state. They're not going to be allowed to take as many students as they produce mm -hmm. in their undergrad. That's also partially because they want their students. They learned that they learned like their foundation at UVM. They need to go expand on that somewhere else. They don't want them to be like UVM, UVM. Gotcha. So that, but that's kind of what I heard from someone else. And it's a pretty good explanation that's reasonable to me. So most likely I'll move out of state. I'm not entirely sure where. I'd Ooh. love to move to Boston, but. Oh my God, I love Boston. Yeah, I really like. So good. Yeah, it's like my favorite city. It's so good. <laughs> like, I don't care where I get in there. I just want to go there. So <laughs> we'll see. But I really like Boston and I like a lot of places. And I, oh, the only, my only requirement is that it needs to provide the universal law or bar exam. Okay. Or something like that. So 
I believe it's called that, but it's basically an the bar, but you can take it for any state. Like what okay, it, it, gotcha. it qualifies you to be able to sw- be sworn in to any state. That's cool. Um, Instead of taking it over based on where you're going to practice, yeah, which for if, example, yeah. right? Which if you're going to do that, you're supposed uh, supposedly you're supposed to go to a school within like around the area you want to be. Okay. Um, but a lot of schools are transitioning into that because it's it, for me it kind of narrows down to like Michigan State or U of M and like it's sure. probably going to be Michigan State if I stay in Michigan. And what about Wayne State? Don't they have a good or Detroit? What? Are, oh, UD Mercy too. UD That's Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> so I guess you're 19. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Yes. Do you have any idea? Hopefully I have money. <laughs> That'd be a good goal. Like not like rich, but like enough to live, you know? Good Hopefully enough. I'll have money. Yeah, yeah money. Money hoping gets to you. do stuff. I'm hoping to like start a nonprofit eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to, that's, that's, should we share goal. your idea or no? Should we keep it close to the vast? It's about empathy. That's, okay. that's like the OG part of it. Cause I need to like work out the details, but hope I want like by 30, that's a good age to be like, okay, this is like where I want to start investing money into that instead of investments. You also work part time during school too, which you're insane. I don't even know how the hell you find time to work. You're crazy. I don't work that much. I work like a little bit. Now, do you feel like that's just like an outlet for you to kind of yeah. just recalibrate and reset? Yeah, to I like, like to work. I don't. You I, really do. Yeah. What What makes it? I mean, I know. What is the reason why you like to work so much? I don't know. I feel like it started as just like kind of a pastime, like just for fun, which just sounds bad because like a lot of people don't have that ability to just go work for fun. Like that sounds Dude, so like. you used to be like hustling at the farmer's market up yeah, north. I know. I, I used like to sell literally pasta selling pasta cards. like a pasta queen. I literally would like. Amp it up. Like, if I, like, like literally, I was yeah. like, who is she? What is she doing? If I rethought my life, like, should I have gone into marketing? Probably. Did I want to do that? Not fully. But I mean, I do really like business. That's something I have, like, always enjoyed. I yeah. don't really know what I would do exactly, but I do like it. I like working a lot just because I like to have money. You like money. <laughs> That's mine. And, and you I, like to spend on your own stuff. Now, like, I want to put into savings. And, like, I was just, like, I was talking to LT earlier That's about right. how... I would like to start doing things with my money, but as a 19-year-old, I have no idea what to do with my money. Like, I, I know I want to do something that's, like, investing or whatever. Like, Savings, investing, yeah, something. something. But something that's going to hopefully have a decent yield rate and not just me, like, having it in the bank because right now it just sits there. And it's not that much, but for now, like, I have, like, right now I work a lot in the summer. And even though the school year I make a little bit of money, which be, kind of becomes my spending money, in the summer I work more to put more towards savings. And I want, I will eventually have that nest egg to do something with it and so i love that you're even like thinking of finances at this point i mean at, at 18 19 not thinking of this at all it's funny because like a lot of people at U of M, they already have all their stuff set I'm like, what? <laughs> like i have like a one bank account and it's still under my parents <laughs> it's not a, like a lot of it yet well we're gonna hook you up with the rich bitch finance yeah. <laughs> madeline she's fabulous she'll just groom you and tell you what the hell you should be doing like, like she's telling me okay take my money just fix it <laughs> Just take my money, tell me what to do with it, you know. Yeah. So I think working is really nice. And I'm not like a huge partier. Like I like to go to things, but I'm not, I've never been like. Yeah, you've never, that's never really been your interest. So I kind of start And And I love, you know, you work at a a shop that sells clean beauty, which you're very passionate about. I don't even know. You know more about beauty stuff than I do. I like literally go there and go, okay, I need this, this, and this. And then you just like hook me up with whatever I need for the time, which I all have on today. Yeah. FYI. 
shopbomebeauty.com. Hook Bomey me up. Beauty. Say Izzy sent you. Couple, couple different locations. Yeah. Yeah, the place is really cool. Yeah, and I honestly, I started working there randomly. Like, I kind of just went in. And I yeah. would, like, shop around, and then eventually I, like, spoke to the, the owner, who I adore. I just, like, really liked the shop. Like, I feel like a lot of times people work. It's a cool shop. Yeah. Yeah, it's they, beautiful. It's yeah. just, like, so natural. It's aesthetic. And, like, it's nice. Yeah. It's clean. It's and very it's, like, clean. Very bright. Like, my boss is extremely particular about the kind of ingredients we have, like, Mm -hmm. what level of ingredients. So I, like, appreciate how much time she puts into choosing your products. She doesn't just, oh, it's popular. Like, let's get it in store. Like, no, she cares. And everything is sustainably made. Everything is considered clean beauty. Everything is cruelty-free. Most of our products are vegan. Vegan, And the only products that aren't use beeswax, and they're usually – the beeswax is um, harvested in a very sustainable way. Right. So – I love just like everything about the store. They care a lot about everything, which is really important to me. So I kind of just started working there for fun. And now I really like working there. And I actually have a couple of clients that I see like a come to me. And like it's it's really fun. I, I mean, it's not like commission based, but it's just it's fun. It's it's fun to learn. Clean beauty is really important to the world. It's really important to people. And I really hope it eventually becomes more accessible because right now it's still kind of pricey like, yeah. relatively. But like as more people start enjoying it and start realizing how good it is for the skin and for the environment. Exactly. It'll become more expansive. Like there's a couple awesome brands called Lily Lolo that's really, really inclusive and like everyone can use it and it's relatively inexpensive. But there's also like Ilia, which is a little bit pricier, but right. it's a really great product. Like and it's going to last you a long time. But yeah, shop Bomi Beauty, shameless, shameless advertising. Right. But it's also a really cool store. It's in Ann Arbor and Cary Town Shops, which is all these tons of small businesses. So go check it out. Yeah, that place is pretty cool. Man, I love a Gen Z. You guys are educated. Oh, yeah. Self-aware yeah. opinions. You guys have strong values. You align yourselves with brands that speak to your values yeah. and beliefs. I mean, you guys are a whole different gamut that like I, <laughs> I have never seen yeah. before, but um, I love it because you are the future and you will be taking care of my old ass, yeah. you know, in the future. So. Yeah. I love a Gen Z. Yeah. I'm not gonna I like lie. Gen Z. I'm like, there's parts like I learn like stuff weird, from you, you but... know, and we're like 20, you know, 21 years apart. Yeah. But I still learn like things from you, yeah. and that I can apply to my own life. And I, hopefully, yeah. you learn things from me. Yeah. So, like, I love that aspect of you of just bringing yeah. awareness to things. I do really like Gen Z. I think that's probably. I mean, I am Gen Z, so it's partial, but like, it's probably my favorite just because. We're so aware. And that also goes to say, like, millennials, too. Like, they're also very self-aware, I think. I just think Gen Z right now, because of everything that's happened, it's, like, really shown, like, explicitly how, like, children are really taking a stance. and Or children. But they're considered children. Like, high school, like, I was a child when I was learning more and doing things like that. And it's really important that you can see that these kids have a voice. They're not spending it on fast fashion. They're not spending it on crap. Well, I think more environmentally friendly brands should be more accessible. Like, so that's like why Shein is still so popular. And you can't blame them. Like, it's cheap. What is and, it? Like, Shein is like a fast fashion website. Oh, so I don't even yeah. know what that is. Well, it's really popular. But it's also, why wouldn't it be? Like, if someone doesn't have a lot of money, I don't blame them. Like, and I'm never going to hold that against someone because it's accessible. But hopefully as more brands realize, like, this is important. This is our earth. Like, it's, it's, it's it could go away. We can't let it go away then hopefully it'll become more accessible. And I just feel like maybe it's your group of friends and who you surround yourself with is that, you know, you can have like a really engaging conversation Mm -hmm. and a smart conversation with them. And 
I don't know, maybe it's just your crew that you roll with, but you know, it's just more, I don't know, engaging. I like, would say it's everyone. You you always like, we still watch Keeping Up with the Credit yeah, in my apartment sure. and like screw around and whatever. We also have really deep conversations about religion. Exactly. Like a lot of us are really, we're very different, but we all get along really well and we like to speak about it. And my best friend and I, like we had a lot of really deep conversations about politics because well, at one point, one was very agreeable with me, but her family was very um, on the other side of her. And then my <laughs> other really close friend for now, probably almost over a decade at this point, she was actually on the complete opposite side of me, which mm-hmm. was kind of difficult to navigate at first. But eventually, like we kind of like we actually just learned a lot from each other. I mean, actually agreed by the end of it. So that was kind of nice. But it, it's definitely been interesting to be able to have like conversation, everything, not just politics, obviously. And like, these are important conversations yeah. you need to have. Oh, yeah. Like, you know? especially about you like, want to get other people's opinions and, yeah. and different perspectives on things because you might have not have thought of that. Oh, yeah. You know? No, definitely. And I think at Michigan, that's definitely been a highlight because and honestly, in an opposite way, it's an extremely liberal university, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed because that's I mean, that's kind of like what I was looking more at. But I learned very quickly that Maybe I don't fully align with that. And so I got to learn a lot about myself, but also learn through other people, like kind of what they agree with. And that changed my political opinions. Not maybe as like some people expect to go all the way left at a left university. That's also two different things, but whatever. I like kind of enter the terms, but that's like, it kind of did the opposite. So, so you got to vote for your very first time at 18 last year. Yes. But what was that like for you to, to finally get to vote? It was a huge year to be allowed to vote. And I don't mind people knowing my political opinions because I'm very vocal about them and I'm very passionate about them. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to learn from everyone. However, for me, it came down to, for some people, it could devastate their lives if someone else was in office for Mm -hmm. another four years. And I had friends who would have been absolutely devastated. I had people who, I had really close friends who were undocumented who were fearful of like their families getting taken away even though even even if they weren't undocumented but they were very nervous like and I don't blame them like they were scared I had people who are LGBT or part of the LGBTQ plus I community and they were nervous Mm -hmm. like he or whatever anyway but well they're both he right yeah well someone (laughs) basically put in a bill that doesn't allow trans people health care at one point and it's like things like that were happening and those are those are just basic human rights and Mm -hmm. so it came down to me also just understanding, like, this is the first time that I have a choice. And I'm voting for a basic human right at this rate, which so I, cool. it's just devastating that, like, that even had to happen. I know. But and it, it definitely changed my ex- opinion a lot on, like, how our world is going. Sure. Like, I was like, oh, we're doing pretty good. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> but it was really interesting. I got to learn a lot from a lot of people. I got to see a lot of different sides of people that I didn't expect. Same um, here. Which was kind of bad at some points. It's actually, interesting, right? Yeah, I stopped being friends with a couple of people just because... As much as people can have different political opinions, and I completely agree with that, sometimes it comes down to morality. And, like, for me, that's – I can't get past some things like that. Um, and, like, kind of how – if it's a basic human right, it should be there. And if they didn't agree with that, then for me, that was really difficult to get over. And it never was, like, anything bad. But for me, it helped me also shape groups that I want to be around. People with different opinions. I yeah. love, like, being around that. But Who wants to be around the same people, you exactly. know? Exactly. And, yeah. and, like, my friend group still has, like, a ton of different opinions, different sides, different sides of politics. Mm-hmm. But they're – the people who I ended up not being friends with anymore had different sides of politics than me, just like my other friends, but their reasonings just weren't really a reason mm-hmm. to save it for me. Like there were reasons that just were devastating to just how I saw them. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really not right to me. Like yeah. if you don't agree with the LGBT community or something or whatever, LGBTQ community or things of that nature, like I don't like, that's not right to me. Yeah. 
So. Look at you. <laughs> it's definitely been an interesting year, but um, it's been nice to also like find a lot of people who like you connect with and have different opinions, but also get educated from, which mm. is really important. Well, we've said a lot. Really, I think we've covered the gamut. Yeah. Um, you know, you are one of my inspirations around this podcast. For me, I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of formal mentors in my life, in my mm-hmm. professional career. And I don't, I don't think that really served me. So, you know, this is kind of a way to maybe bring that or serve that to somebody that might not have the resources yeah. or might not have that person in their life. But you are, you're, you're like one of my inspirations. So I want to thank you for that. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I appreciate it. Hopefully we've got some takeaways today. I feel like I learned shit. (laughs) We'll see you soon. I'm all about convenience and managing my time effectively. But one thing that I personally use is the Instacart app because it legitimately has all of my favorite local and national retailers at my fingertips. So how it works is that a personal shopper We'll get all of your groceries, your household essentials, pet supplies, office supplies, whatever you might need. And you can either go pick up the items yourself or you get delivery via Instacart in as fast as two hours. Now, of course, pending where you live in the world, delivery is subject to availability and may not be available in your zip code or postcode. But if you go to my website, tagupwithlt.com, click on the quick links, and there you'll find my affiliate link to download the app, create an account, and get free delivery on your first order over $10.